0: Today, I would like to speak a little bit about the necessity for us as Ahmadi Muslims to work together to build a bond of brotherhood and how the very goal of Islam is, in fact, to establish that brotherhood. If you're in the lady side, it's sisterhood. But in essence, The main purpose is that we should work together for the service of Islam and for the service of God Almighty And you'd be surprised every time a prophet was in need of assistance, of help In the very last moment Allah would strengthen him Make him so strong in his conviction and his power That in the end he could have done it himself but those around him Were given a chance to be around him So that they would be blessed Not the other way around In fact the promised Messiah We have been reading in Malfuzat recently In which he talks about Man Ansari Man A statement, an announcement Who will be a helper of Allah with me Right? Who will help me And here the promised Messiah Says do not be Do not be Confused to think that here a prophet needs your help. No, he can accomplish it if God wills. If anything, there's a majesty behind this announcement of man ansari ilallah. What it really means is that if you really want blessings, then you can assist and you will also receive the same blessings. So, if you look at the example of Hazrat Musa in the Holy Quran, you find that. He stands before Allah Almighty and He says, Oh Allah, I have a stutter. I'm not able to speak and communicate freely. So, Oh Allah, untie the knot of my tongue. But in addition to that, give me Harun, Give me Aaron who will assist me when I confront Pharaoh. Allah says, yes, Aaron will be your, your assistant. But then when you skim through the Holy Qur'an, you never find a single instance where Aaron spoke even a single word to Pharaoh. When it came down to it, when the actual moment of truth came, Hazrat Musa Al-Islam was speaking. Hazrat Harun didn't say a word. He was standing there. He was with Hazrat Musa Al-Islam. But who was doing all the talking? The one who was afraid he had to stutter, the one who was afraid he wouldn't be able to speak freely and openly with Pharaoh and yet Allah strengthened him so the strength is always with the Prophet or the man of God and the rest of us we are not going to give him strength, we're going to stand by while he achieves that goal, that that accomplishment and that's what's happening today as well the man of God on this earth is our Khalifa and he is achieving so much success back to back and none of us should ever assume that we have done something That we have brought a politician. No. Allah has brought them and He will speak to them directly. We are only there to receive some blessing. I'll give you another example of Hazrat Ibrahim In the Holy Quran it mentions that he was commanded to take four birds and station them in different corners. And when he would call upon them they would return to him. The whole purpose of this was that he would assign assistance. Send them to different places to do his work. And when it was time for them to come back To redirect their attention back to Abraham They would come back Now the reality is all of us In one way or another are also the birds That our Khalifa has actually planted In different places of the earth We should never think for a moment That we are in New York City because we achieved something Or we are here because we have done something our beloved Khalifa has said so many times that we are here because of Ahmadiyyat. We are here because of our Khalifa. So he has planted us here in these different places. Now when he tells us to turn around and come back to me, refocus on my directives, come to me, we lose our focus. We don't get up and return to him as a bird should do the way they did for Hazrat Ibrahim a. So it's very necessary for us to now wake up And when the Khalifa makes certain directives, instructions, guidelines, guidances We should actually embrace them Because they're for us And they're to see if we are ready Are we really turning our attention to the Khalifa Or are we going to continue to go in our own direction We should always remember That we are blessed to serve this jamaad. J.F.K. I went to the airport recently as well. JFK, John F. Kennedy. He very famously said, He says, Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Today I will say, Ask not what the Jamaat can do for you, ask what you can do for the Jamaat. There are a lot of people who make demands, expectations. If I come to a gentleman, there better be food, right? If I come and do this, if I want my nikah form signed instantly, they should be assigned instantly. They expect that all the demands they request and expect should be fulfilled right away. But the reality is that we should be the other way around. We should find out what we can do for the Jamaat. We should not be asking the Jamaat to do anything for us, making requests. If you want to eat something fancy, so you go on the Jamaat tab, right? These things should not happen. And in fact, the promised Messiah, as I mentioned to you already, he has highlighted that we should work for the Jamaat because it's going to be a blessing for us. We are lucky, we are blessed. If we are given a Jamaat office to serve, we are blessed that we were given that honor. We should not abuse it. We should not take it for granted. And we should remember every single thing we are doing, people are watching us. To give you an example, I have mentioned this many times before. When I was serving in the islands, there the people became Muslim for the first time in their lives. They had never heard of it. They had never seen it. They had no idea what a Muslim was, so they embraced Islam. They had nobody else to look to except the Imam that was standing right in front of them. And it was so much so that they would copy every single thing I would do. If I scratched my face in prayer, they would scratch their face. And I assure you that this is the same scenario today. And then what happened in the very beginning was we taught the first group of people. The Salat, we taught them all these different things. When they first said Bismillah, they said it's so wrong. But we were serious, we taught them, they learned it. When the second batch of people came in, they were instructed to teach them now. And when they would say Bismillah the wrong way, they would laugh. And then we would remind them, you don't remember what you sounded like the first time you did the azan, or the first time you said Bismillah. We didn't laugh, we encourage you, you should not laugh either. And it's this cycle is what has, is created in the Jamaat, the system. Those who are office holders, we're, we are there to welcome the newcomers. Whether they're young, or they're new converts Or they're just people who have been lost for many years Once you have embraced them, taught them You cannot, you know, be harsh on them The moment they walk into the mosque You have to be those who embrace them, pick them up, pull them in Because the Holy Quran says that a true religion Is Islam and the reason for it, one of those reasons is that Among you, you were enemies but Allah made you brothers. You wanted to kill each other, but Allah combined made you so close to each other that there was no comparison anywhere on the earth. So if we as Ahmadi Muslims today here in New York City, in our Jama'at don't have mutual love, we have no right to write a banner outside saying love for all. If we make our own groups and we don't intermingle with the other races here, if there's a Bengali group and a Pakistani group and a Guyanese group and a Ghanaian group all sitting separately, then we have not accomplished anything. We should intermingle. We should associate with each other. We should visit each other's homes. We should establish a bond of brotherhood. Because what you have to remember is that Islam, everything Islam established, was based on this bond of brotherhood. I'll give you an example. Look at a mosque, for example. Some of us think a mosque is strictly for prayer. That's not true. When a mosque was initially established, it was the center of town. If you wanted counseling sessions, you would go there. If you wanted to learn about religion or secular stuff, you would go there. If you wanted some sort of court system to decide between disputes, you would go there. If you wanted to just sit around and enjoy the time, you can go there. And above that, the mosque was made so that we could stand shoulder to shoulder for prayer five times a day. Remember, we stand for prayer here and we, sometimes we forget why we're standing shoulder to shoulder. Why aren't we standing in our own corners? Because Allah wants to remind us that we should establish a bond of brotherhood. If we're just praying and then leaving and not even thinking about what we just did. And we hate the person on our right and we hate the person on our left and we just go home, then this useless. We should remember that the reason we are standing next to whoever is next to us, irrespective of whether we like them or not, is to teach us, to put ingrained into our heart, that we have to establish some sort of love and a bond or brotherhood. Eid. We just had Eid recently. Just think about it. Zoom out and realize what is Eid. We all come together. First you're supposed to travel to Eid Ga in one direction, so you meet people. And you're supposed to return in a different direction So you meet different people Again, so that we can create a bond of brotherhood When we stand here, again we stand for prayer After the prayer, we embrace each other Not once, not twice Three times So that in case you're meeting your brother After a very long time You have hugged him three times So you can get past any of the the uncomfort feeling Funerals even look at funerals We stand again shoulder to shoulder When somebody passes away We visit their homes We take food to their home We do that We come together When it's time for burial We all go to the gravesite. You know recently I saw a grave That was just a handful of people I mean a burial And I felt sorry Because that's how the rest of this world Does you know In America especially Does their burials Just a handful of the immediate family The rest of the people don't care But in Islam what happens? Somebody passes away You don't even know who he is We are at the mosque After we finish the janazah prayer We're all going to the burial site We don't even know who he is But because we have to establish his bond of brotherhood Somebody is sick What do we do? We visit them Again we're establishing this bond of brotherhood and I can guarantee you that when you visit somebody who is sick, it gives them an energy from within that they can never ever explain to you. They get all of a sudden rejuvenated. They may have been very weak before that. They have been given the medicine for days. I've seen some people who. I remember one elderly man who was very sick, so much so that he had, he wasn't able to communicate. He was completely out. He would just he had concussions and he would have seizures and he was just out. And we went to visit him, and the moment we got there, he cannot communicate. You can see that from his face. He's just He would shout, he would cry, but you don't know what he's communicating. The moment we held his hand, after just a few moments he started to smile. That gave us energy. We said, oh my God, what's going on? Then after a few moments, maybe 20-30 minutes or so, he looked at us, recognized us, said our name, and started telling us a story. It was really surprising for us The doctors were surprised, everybody was surprised So this happens, this genuinely happens there's, Sometimes there's a spirit from within So again, it's to establish a bond of brotherhood Again, we also announce prayers for each other Somebody is sick, we announce it There are other people in the rest of this world, your colleagues They'll be sick for days Nobody even in the workplace asks if they're okay How are they? When they come? When is Steve coming back to work? Nobody knows, nobody cares While here We're constantly in touch, who is sick, why are they sick, we should pray for them. And lastly, of course, prayer itself, we stand shoulder to shoulder. And above that, even in Ahmadiyyat, we have Jalsa Salana. Again, remember, it's not just to sit there and ignore everybody and listen to speeches and go home. It's to establish a bond of brotherhood. And we're able to do that for three days, in every single country. We come all over the country, we meet each other. Some of us, we don't even see these people until the next jalsa, right? And if you go internationally, same thing happens. You don't see them until the next time you go international jalsa. But again, it's to establish this bond of brotherhood. The reason I mention this is because sometimes, even among office holders, there is strife, there is disconnect. Why did you do my job? That's my duty. That's my domain. That's my property. This should end. This should not exist in Islam and it should not exist in Ahmadiyya. We are here to help each other. We're all volunteers. We're all doing for the service of Allah. And we all have good intentions, I agree. But we have to follow the nizam, whatever that system is, and help and assist each other. Because if we as, a, as office holders are divided, how do you expect the rest of the jama'at to be united? If we are not able to work with each other, If we cannot sit in the same room with each other, alone for a few moments to do some work, we will end up shouting or arguing. Then there's an imbalance. And the same happens when we see it on the grassroots level, when we are just regular membership as well. It will reflect on them as well. So it's important for us, not only as office holders, as waqfizindigis, as members of Jamaat, whether you're an auxiliary office holder, or you're just a volunteer for a weekend, whatever you may be doing, always remember to build that bridge of, of brotherhood. Within the Jamaat, you should have that ability to meet somebody. If you're standing face to face, there's no reason for you to say anything wrong. When you're standing face to face, you should show them love. You should show them kindness. And eventually, over time, that will be able to turn into, transcend into something greater. So I wish that we remember this, that if we as a community come together, change will come, good change, positive change. The example I'll give you is the people of Jonah. Among all the people in the Quran and the Bible who were decreed to be destroyed, all of them were destroyed except the people of Jonah. And the only reason they were not destroyed is because they became one people. They began to fast together, They began to pray together. They began to do istighfar together. So this is a lesson for us too today. If, if God forbid, there is an impending doom that's coming. There is maybe a world war just around the corner. We don't know. If we don't unify now as a Jamaat. What will we be able to do to help the rest of the world? If we don't wake up now. If God forbid something were to happen. What will we do? How will we help the rest of the world? Attain peace and gain peace. If we cannot even sit together. But so this is our prayer. May Allah help us to do that. Amen. Please join me in silent prayer.